June is Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month, and while many advances have been made in these areas, there's much work left to be done. I'm Deborah Howell, and in this episode of the Highland Medical PC podcast series, we'll talk about Alzheimer's disease and how we can better help those coping with a diagnosis. Dr. Mark London is a board-certified physician in neurology and practices at Rockland Neurological Associates in West Nyack. He's also chief of the section of neurology at Montefiore Nyack Hospital. Dr. London, thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. I couldn't help but uh, see in your bio that you received your medical doctorate from my alma mater, Northwestern University in Chicago. Go Wildcats! <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's correct. Someday we'll win that Rose Bowl. Someday. Yes, yes. I hope so. <laughs> okay, down to business. My dear friend Margot's husband was diagnosed with early Alzheimer's two years ago, and I've been trying to think of ways that I can be supportive from afar since, you know, she lives 2,000 miles away. But to help her as much as I can, I want to understand more about the disease that 47 million people have been diagnosed with. So what, in a nutshell, is Alzheimer's disease? Alzheimer's uh, disease is a condition where the brain uh, begins to gradually accumulate uh, abnormal deposits of uh, protein called amyloid, and uh, that gradually starts to interfere with uh, the normal function of the brain, particularly the uh, part of the brain that has to do with memory processing. So in the early stages, uh, patients manifest uh, uh, problems with short-term memory. And eventually, as the disease progresses, it involves other aspects of brain function, such as speech and uh, ambulation, um, and it is ultimately a, a fatal disease, although the course is slow and can progress over the, the 7 to 10 years. And how is early-onset Alzheimer's different than typical Alzheimer's? Uh, early-onset Alzheimer's uh, has a greater genetic uh, predisposition. Um, but in terms of its manifestations and progression, it's pretty similar. Okay. What are the symptoms of Alzheimer's? Uh, so the uh, most common, it depends on the stage of the disease. Uh, early on, uh, uh, patients uh, may themselves notice that they're becoming forgetful. Um, as it progresses, uh, the typically lose awareness of the fact that they're forgetting, but, uh, and it's often family members who uh, first bring uh, patients to medical attention because they're noticing that the uh, individual is becoming increasingly forgetful, repeats themselves, uh, forgets conversations. Um, then as the disease uh, progresses, it can often affect uh, behavior. Uh, it can be personality changes. Uh, person can become very irritable or sometimes very passive and quiet, and um, eventually uh, they start to have difficulty with ambulation, and in the final stage, they are no longer able to speak or recognize uh, their family members. Dr. London, when is it time to say something to someone who is exhibiting signs of Alzheimer's? Well, I, I think it's as soon as one notices a fairly consistent pattern of unusual forgetfulness, uh, it would, it, it's a good time to try to encourage the person to seek medical care. And, uh, in many instances, it, the disease is diagnosed uh, already fairly late into its course because 
there's a tendency to minimize and uh, ignore uh, um, these symptoms, particularly in the elderly. Sure, because you don't know whether it's just age or it's something beyond. Right. It used to be thought that uh, what we would used to call senility was a normal part of aging, um, but it was uh, ultimately discovered that, in fact, most of those cases had Alzheimer's disease, and it is not normal. There are some minor memory issues that are part of normal aging, but memory dis- dysfunction that interferes with functioning is not a normal part of aging. So that's there is a difference between senility and dementia and Alzheimer's. Maybe you could just uh, tell us the differences. So really, we've abandoned senility uh, because that was a term that implied normal uh, normal aging, or rather that uh, dementia was a normal part of aging. Um, so uh, dementia is a category which of disorders which uh, result in a uh, loss of cognitive function. So many can, different conditions can cause dementia. Uh, for example, multiple strokes can cause dementia. Uh, Alzheimer's disease is a cause of dementia. It's the most common cause of dementia in the elderly. Got it. That's very, very helpful. Is there anything we can do to prevent Alzheimer's disease and dementia? Um, There's, at this point, no specific treatment that we have to prevent it. Uh, But there are risk factors that that appear to be important at at least delaying the onset, uh, if not preventing it to some degree. Um, Some some of them have to do with... uh, uh, what we'd say heart-healthy behavior seems to be important for the brain as much as it is for the heart. So a healthy diet, exercise uh, is important. And what also seems to be um, uh, a, an important factor is uh, exercising the brain. So, you know, keeping mentally active uh, as we advance in age is uh, important. Can you be specific about, is it puzzles? Is it reading? Yes, puzzles, reading, um, there's computer, you know, programs that are out there that you can uh, use uh, to, uh, uh, you know, problem-solving exercises and so forth. There isn't really one specific uh, thing to do. It's sort of whatever, what I find what's best is whatever interests the person or, you know, uh, whatever they're most likely to, to, to enjoy doing. Yeah, find some challenges you enjoy. Now, once diagnosed, what are some of the treatments for Alzheimer's and dementia? Uh, so, uh, currently, we do have some medications. Um, they do not uh, reverse the disease, and they don't arrest the under the progression at a uh, uh, microscopic level. But they do seem to slow down the uh, or stabilize the symptomatic uh, progression of the disease. So um, the, these, if, once you start these medications, people often will notice that they stop, they seem to stop getting worse, at least for a period of time, maybe a year or so. And mm-hmm. then they will eventually start to get worse, but it, it seems to be at a slower rate. Uh, it keeps them functioning at a higher level longer. And what are some of the ways that we can support the caregivers of those with Alzheimer's disease? Um, 
there are as in, uh, there are support services. Uh, the Alzheimer's Association is a very a good resource uh, that can uh, that has specifically counselors to give uh, uh, caregiver support and has and is aware has awareness of you know whatever local programs are available. Um, I think uh, for caregivers, it's important to encourage them to take care of themselves, um, which they often neglect to do because they become so involved in the needs of the uh, afflicted person, individual, and also um, to find some time away from the situation, whether there are daycare programs for patients with dementia, or whether there's family members that can help out, but just so they get some time out uh, uh, that they can uh, focus on themselves. Sure, sure. And uh, if you're uh, in a situation like I am where your friend is afar, um, maybe you can just offer to go and, and cook some meals or just give her an hour or two to go to a movie or just some time away, like you say. Yes, absolutely. Would you encourage anyone who's recently been diagnosed with Alzheimer's to join a clinical trial? Yes, uh, definitely. Um, it's very particularly important for uh, patients who who are uh, in the early phases of the disease, because that seems to be uh, where we have the most hope of discovering something in the relatively near future. The, the searches for um, medications or treatments that will arrest, truly arrest the condition, uh, and obviously that's something you won't be able to do at an early stage, even possibly before. Uh, patients are symptomatic, which is also part of the research that's going on. It's uh, how can we best detect those individuals who are going to develop the disease before it becomes uh, symptomatic. What kinds of things do they do in these clinical trials? Um, well, it depends on the nature of the trial. So there might be trials where they're uh, testing uh, uh, techniques to uh, identify, as I said before, to identify those who are at risk for developing the condition in the near future. And then they they also are doing therapeutic trials where they're, they basically uh, have a control group or who, to whom is given placebo and then a group to whom is given the, the medication or the treatment. And uh, they look to see if it, in fact, uh, has a significant impact. Uh, these trials take a long time to do. Uh, there are some, at this point, some promising leads, but there's no, so far there has not been any one treatment that's been found to be consistently effective. Well, let's hope those leads lead somewhere. And we thank you so much, Dr. London, for educating us today on Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month, a time for people of all ages to get involved in the fight against this disease. For more info, please visit highlandmedicalpc.com. This is the Highland Medical PC podcast series. I'm Deborah Howell. Thanks for listening and have yourself a terrific day.